On today's Locked On Texans podcast, who's been the unsung hero for the Houston Texans defense? And did C.J. Stroud leave Cincinnati with a strong case for the MVP award? You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 Texans fans, to this Tuesday's episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Y'all know it's your show, your team every day. We're mm. covering the Houston Texans. Uh, another exciting episode with your Texans football analyst, Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. Of course, joining me, as always, is your Texans credential media member, Sports Illustrated's own Cody Davis, thank you to all of our new listeners lending your ear for the first time. Please subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked on Texas podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. And for all of our returning listeners, thank you for coming back as we continue to talk Texans here on this Tuesday's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Case. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace Case providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. On today's show, we're looking ahead a little bit. How can the Houston Texans win this division or make the playoffs by getting that last wild card spot? The defensive unsung hero for Houston has been... Cody and I will discuss that. But to open up this show, please get active in the comments. Please get active on social media. Did C.J. Stroud leave Cincinnati, <laughs> the state of Ohio, where oh, he was man. once, some thought he was snubbed from winning the Heisman a couple of seasons mm. ago, where he put up amazing historic numbers for the Buckeyes. Did he leave Cincinnati with a stronger case, because heading into that game, he had a strong case, but a stronger case to win this year's MVP. Guys, if you remember last week, we briefly talked about it, mm, and my mm, comments mm. was, to this point of the season, the two MVPs, A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, mm. Cody and I both agree that Miles Garrett should get a nine, mm-hmm. but if there was a quarterback to win the MVP award, it was C.J. Stroud. After going down to the wire, even though they didn't have to, over 300 yards, another amazing day, connected with Noah Brown for another career high. Did C.J. Stroud do enough to win this year's MVP? Take it away. Look, let me start off by saying this. I'm going to take it back. Of course he did. (laughs) Look, plain and simple at the end of the day, of course he did. (laughs) Look, but look, to prove... CJ Strauss's MVP case. Let's get in the car, take a trip to another league. Let's go all the way back to 2016 NBA. Golden painful State year Warriors. For fans. Yeah, I know, right? That was a painful year, by the way. But the Golden State Warriors, they were on the trajectory of their 73 and 9 record. And Steph Curry was running away with. MVP talk. However, as he's been doing, let's say since 2007, LeBron James made a strong case as well. And I remember, I think it was March of 2016, LeBron James made a statement where it really sparked my interest. 
he said, we have to go back and take a look at the definition of most valuable. Because I think it doesn't matter whether it's in the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, um, the MLB. We could take it a step further and look at college. When you are naming an MVP for that particular season, a lot of times, and it seems like this is the only criteria, a lot of times it goes to the best player on the best team. But LeBron James said, we got to take a look at the definition of most valuable. And without a shadow of a doubt, regardless of how good Steph Curry was at the time, I think you can make a case that LeBron James is always the best valuable on any team. The reason why I bring that up is because I think what LeBron James said in 2016, who is a pretty good friend of CJ Stroud, by the way, but I think what LeBron what LeBron said in 2016 goes to what has transpired here in the city of Houston with CJ Stroud in 2023? Because, John, when you look at the NFL as of right now, nine, ten games into the season, I don't think there has been a more valuable player in this league than CJ Stroud. Remember, yesterday we was joking about it, but it, it, it it's the reality of the situation. You add in CJ Stroud. Nico Collins is having a career year. Noah Brown is scratching the surface of a career year. And Dalton Schultz, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's scratching the surface of a career year. He's having a guy in Tank Dale who he is putting up a phenomenal year as a rookie. A guy who, if we go back to the start of the season, matter of fact, if we go back to the day that the Texans drafted him, I did not think Tank Dale would have that big of an impact on the Houston Texans offense. And I get it. I understand it. Yes, that young man is very talented. However, it all goes back to the play of C.J. Stroud. And it's not only the guys who he is stepping on the field with, but just take a look at this conversation we're having. Nine games into the Texans season. Yes, there are five and four. And they will not finish the 2023 season with the league's best record. However, he is the only reason why they have a winnable record and the only reason why, well, the majority of the reason why the Houston Texans can definitely make the playoffs. C.J. Stroud is a definition of what you determine most valuable player. Last year, the NFL team average scoring margin for 2022, the Houston Texans, ranked 30th in the league, mm. negative 7.7. That's last year. They add C.J. Stroud. This year, plus 2.8. <laughs> last year, the Houston Texans point differential. 2022. Give me a number. It's a bad number, but give me a number. Listeners, while you're at, if you're driving your car, if you're not watching, think of a number in your head. Shout it out right now. Point differential for 2022. Viewers, comment. If you're watching it live, the point differential for last year, what do you think that number was? Oh, Lord. I don't even want to say it. Give me a number. Just give me a number. It's a bad number, but give me a number. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a five. Negative 131. <laughs> this year, Plus 25. Mm. So we're talking about the most valuable. 
if we look at the Texans have won in the last two years, eight games, three last year. I'm sorry, seven games. Seven. Three last year, four before that. And the last time they had a franchise quarterback, they only won four games. So if we're looking at the past three years, <laughs> you have a quarterback who's coming in to turn an offense around in eight games, nine games now, in 10 weeks of football. And in that 10 weeks of football, let's talk about value still. Let's keep it, let's keep it real. Uh-huh. How many times has the Houston Texans have to update the offensive line? How many key players have went on IR on both sides of the ball? And so we know that this is a passing league. This is a scoring league. This is a league that you have to put up points and you have to put up more points than the opposing team. And then you got your top guys out on the defensive side of the ball. So let's put in an additional strain on your offense to put up points. Oh, oh, by the way, the run game is non-existent half of the time, more than half of the time. As a matter of fact, 90% of the time, the run game has been non-existent. Oh, and by the way, the right tackle that you just paid nearly $19 million is hurt. But when he come back, he has to play left guard because the left guard situation is messed up. Laramie Tunsil has also missed games. you down to your fourth center. There's only been one standstill player for the offensive line from day one, and that's been Shaq Mason. Oh, and by the way, Tank Dale has missed games. Oh, and by the way, Noah Brown has missed games. Oh, and by the way, Robert Woods has missed games. So we talk about a player in his rookie year, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, uh, where is that number? I just had the last time a rookie led the NFL in passing yards per game. Give me a number. If you if you're driving, if you if you're drinking some coffee, give me a year where you think the last time a rookie led the NFL in passing yards per game. Give me a year. I'm gonna say. What would that be? 2021? A lot of us couldn't vote that year that the last time the NFL, a rookie <laughs> led the NFL in past year. It was 1939. <laughs> Davey O'Brien with 120. We're looking at CJ Stroud, 291, basically 292 yards per game through nine games. That's currently leading the league. So, yeah, I think value. And then if we can get to a monetary state, Cody, the one game, and, we, and I'll be there Sunday, but do you? I know you remember that Washington game last year mm-hmm. where there was literally no fans in the stadium. Mm-hmm. What about the year before that where traveling teams are beating out the Houston Texans at home mm-hmm. because fans had a vendetta against the ownership, against the franchise because of the bad decisions that they made. You are now seeing a difference. You're seeing more red, white, and blue from the Houston Texans play uh, uh, fans come to the game. So now we're looking at a monetary sense of it, and we're thinking to ourselves, you go from not selling as many tickets at home, you go from fans complaining, you go from people canceling their season tickets, to now I got to go see CJ. Hmm. Am I right or wrong? Is that no, not what's right. happening? 
You're right. <laughs> so we're looking at it from a monetary standpoint, from that value. We're looking at it from a value of I can finally see decent quarterback play, and, it, and it's been great. We're also looking at it from a value of how he has stepped into the NRG stadium off 16 and Kirby. Hmm. And he has taken what a lot of people nationally and some locally have thought about Nico Collins, below average receiver. The Houston Texans to prioritize a receiver. And he's elevated his game. Right? You have a rookie receiver in Tank Dale, who's done a very good job himself of being a legit player, being able to come in and make some noise nationally and locally. Noah Brown. I mean, 320 yards in two games. So these are some of the things that this quarterback has been able to do. I'm sorry I've been on the, I've been on the horn talking for too long, but <laughs> there is not without a shadow of a doubt. It is A.J. Brown because I think A.J. Brown makes Jalen Hurts' job easier and makes Jalen Hurts a better quarterback. There's Tyreek Hill because I think Tyreek Hill makes – to a job a whole lot easier, and he makes him a better quarterback. And then there is C.J. Stroud because he has elevated an entire franchise and mm. has made everybody's job easier. And you can say he saved jobs. That's value. Hmm. By the way, um, if C.J. Stroud can do the unthinkable and win not only offensive player Rookie of the Year, but MVP, he will become the second player in league history. Since who? Jim Brown in 1957. Guys, we spend a lot of time talking together. Monday through Friday, you, myself, Cody. And we get fired up together on wins, and there ain't been that many losses compared to the past. We get fired up to talk about wins. We get fired up talking about losses and who starts and who sits, and I'm thankful for that connection. We have now today, I think it's my job to be a little bit more personal and let you guys know about Jace Medical. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medication. You realize what that means. Brings an extended travel. Bring on extended travel. Bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You're covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, and much more. If this is possible because our friends at Jace Medical, go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. So I want you to look out for yourself and hear some additional help with this discount. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills and have to have it. I order most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also order antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love want to get a peace of mind by having a year supply of daily medicine, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this latest installment of Locked On Texans. When the Texans had an opportunity to, to defeat the Cincinnati Bengals in Sunday's victory, I came on the show and talked about 
how well this defense played. And I stand by that. I truly mean those three and a half quarters where the Texans recorded about four or five, three consecutive three and outs. You know, just looking at how well they were able to get after Joe Burrow, make another time where they made a top tier quarterback just looked uncomfortable throughout the game, which gave them opportunity to come away victorious. Um, I think we got to take a deeper dive into some of the unsung heroes of this defense. And before moving on, I want you guys just to listen to what Coach D'Amico Ryans had to say about the defensive performance that he saw on Sunday, especially the team's ability to get after the quarterback. For, 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 the, for our defense, I think we did a really good job of just getting off the field on third down. Right, It starts, of course, winning first, winning first down. So we had some really good outings there on first down, which led them to second and long. And then third down, the way uh, our guys got off the field, started up front with our rush, all right, starting with Sheldon Rankins, had an unbelievable game. I mean, that's how it looks when it's done the right way, <laughs> how Rankins rushed, how our guys starting to get the, the picture of rushing together, four guys rushing as one, and you've seen, you've seen that come together all right, in this game, and that caused us to you know, play well. And if our D line is playing well, our defense will play well. It's just it's just finishing. Honestly, I think Sheldon did a really good job of finishing. Right, we've been close a lot. We got pressure. We've created a lot of pressure. But when you see how Sheldon rushed and he was able to create separation and finish, I think that's the next step in our progression as we continue to get better as a rush unit is just having separation right and then finishing at the top of our rushes and that's what we did yesterday when looking at unsung heroes of the defense the first guy that i definitely want to shout out is sheldon rankins yes without a shadow of a doubt just due to the performance that he had on sunday because john i go back to the texans bye week entering week seven the one concern that Coach D'Amico Ryans had was this team's inability to complete sacks. Remember, I think at the time they had recorded like 46, 47 pressures, but they only had like nine sacks on the season. However, since then, the Houston Texans front four has definitely done a good job completing sacks and following Sunday's victory against Cincinnati. This team has now recorded 12 sacks over the previous three games and Sheldon Rankin's performance is a big reason why as to just how dominant they have been on that defensive front. Another guy that I want to point out in terms of a true unsung hero through the first nine games of the season is Shaq Griffin. This was a guy that I was definitely excited about when the Texans signed I believe it was OTAs, if I'm not mistaken. He didn't look good in OTAs. He had his moments, but didn't look good throughout training camp. And also, John, remember, he was actually one of those guys that we had on the bubble. Yeah, he was. End of preseason. And I do believe if it wasn't for the solid performance that he had in that preseason victory against the New Orleans Saints, he would not be here. However, when you look at the fact that this was a team who had to play like five games, Without their number two corner in Derek Stingley Jr., Shaq Griffin has stepped in and actually helped the Houston Texans fill in that void. 
He had a phenomenal game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He came up huge in the game against the New Orleans Saints and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And not only that, you go back and take a look at Sunday's game. He came up huge when he had one of the one of the two interceptions that the Houston Texans had an opportunity to record. On this season, Shaq Griffin has played pretty well. 33 tackles, four pass deflections. I understand there has been moments where you scratch your head and be like, man, I cannot wait for Derek Stingley Jr. to come back. However, Shaq Griffin has definitely been an unsung hero because when you talk about the production of this defense through the first nine games of the season, you cannot you cannot do it without mentioning Shaq Griffin's name. Yeah, Shaq, Shaq has been great for Houston. He, he, he really has. Uh, and, and I think – that speaks to what the coaches and the coaching staff and the scouts saw that we didn't see. And, and at mm-hmm. times we did have an opportunity to uh, to see Shaq Griffin. And at times he didn't look good. But I think that as the weeks went on and I think in his role, especially when you saw Derek Singley go down, you saw him actually be what he was comfortable in being in the past. And that's a starting cornerback in the NFL. Cornerback, excuse me, in the NFL. So he was one of the guys that I thought needed some unsung hero love. Uh, out of the four targets, only allowed three for 22 yards. And one of those catches was came off a 13-yard run out the catch. So, mm. you know, you take that away, nine yards on a day, that's a hell of a day. But a guy that I was blown away by, and I think I was blown away by him because I just saw him play discipline, which is what I've been wanting to see from this young man since he came into the NFL. I saw him play fast and ferocious, but he was disciplined. And he broke down on tackles and did a very good job of not missing out on tackles. That's Christian Harris. Hmm. Christian Harris, I thought, and I'm going to continue to give him love probably throughout the entire week. According to PFF, out of the four targets, he only allowed two for five yards. Now, to put that in perspective, Denzel Perriman allowed close to, according to PFF, close to 100 yards on the day. Christian Harris... I think did a good job, and I mentioned this on Monday show. I think he did a very good job of taking away some of the quicker reads that Joe Burrow may have wanted to hit early in the game because of how fast he was. He was to the point, and he played his zone perfectly. And when opportunities came, listen, you're not gonna you're not gonna make a move on me and get upfield. That's not what's gonna happen. And we go back to we go back to guys who's been doing it throughout the year. There was a a couple of weeks in a row where you just look at Christian Harris and you wonder whether or not he's still engaged in the, in, the, in the game at times. Going back to last week, I thought he played good. Out of the four targets, he only allowed – we allowed three for 41 yards. So and, – and one of those catches was for a big yak yard, 33 long. So he's doing what he has to do, but I was thoroughly impressed by Christian Harris against the Cincinnati Bengals. But the guy that we got to continue to give love simply because – you know, heading into the year, there was a lot of, are you going to keep him or are you going to move on from him? He wants more. Holding Jamar Chase, one target, no catch. Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd, excuse me, one target, one catch for 19 yards. Who am I talking about? Steven Nelson. Steven Nelson. By the way, who wasn't Green 100% in Sunday's game? Not either. 100%. He had Thank some you. kind of back neck issue going on. My neck and my back, right? Ezel. <laughs> we call him Ezel now for Friday. <laughs> But he, he he thugged it out, right? He he gutted it out. He was there for his team. And I, and I think I, from a football standpoint, when you got a game like that on the line against one of the premier NFL quarterbacks, and both you guys are kind of riding high, but this is an opportunity for you to push your agenda to make it to the playoffs, 
you gut it out. And that's what he did. And boy, did he have a good game for Houston. And so Shaq Griffin, Christian Harris, Steven Nelson, I think they all played phenomenal for Houston Sunday against the, uh, to get the win against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. And those are the unsung heroes. We're going to continue to talk about how great Sheldon Rankins was, how John Grenard is an unsung hero probably for the season. Hmm. You know, some of the things that the defensive front was able to do, but make no mistake about it. When you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, you're not necessarily looking at how stout their offensive line is and how they're stonewalling guys. You're not necessarily checking to see, you know, how great, even though he is a good running back, Joe Mixon is at the time. He's an X factor. But when you play the Cincinnati Bengals, the conversation is going to be surrounded around two guys offensively. That's Joe Burrow and that's Jamar Chase. Hmm. And those guys, between Shaq Griffin and between Steven Nelson, those guys did a very good job of helping limit. And Christian Harris, in his own, at the linebacker position, helped limit the impact those two players could have on the game. Carly, you on the line of the Locked On Texans podcast. You got 10 seconds. What you want to say about the Texans? Go. Make sure you top five, Junior. <laughs> That's it. That's it? That's all you got? That's all I got, man. All right, Carla. All our success lies on Nick Casario hands, man. Thank you, Carla. Mm. All right. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans. And you guys heard it. The very first call in here on Locked On Texans. Hope we can keep that in. Should we keep that in the show? We keep that in. Yeah, right? we got a shadow over Dallas. Okay. And look, John, Nick what that caller had to say, what that caller had to say goes back to what we opened the show with. Because without CJ Stroud, we do not get that call. That is part of the reason why. He is, without a shadow of a doubt, an MVP, a strong MVP caliber for the 2023 season. That's part of the reason why, when you look at the rest of the schedule, Mm -hmm. you're like, man, the Texans really have a chance to finish out this season strong and get to the playoffs for the very first time since 2019. Now let's look ahead. So... How can the Houston Texans make it to the playoffs? Well, we know the passing game is there, right? We talked about how mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud is leading the league in passing yards per game. But, oh, and by the way, with C.J. Stroud, we talk about value. The Texans that did not have a lot of explosive plays last year, they lead the NFL with the most 20-yard plays on the season. So they're doing a very good job of putting pressure on defensive backs through the air, all while being one of the best teams in sacks allowed. They don't allow a lot of guys to get to their quarterback, right? But I think how can Houston close this out to make it to the playoffs? Defensively. The Texans are now in the most favorable part of their schedule. Check these numbers out because the numbers don't lie. In their next eight games, to close out the year, five of the teams they're facing are the number 31st, 30, 27th, 26th, and 25th ranked passing offenses in the NFL. Three of the teams struggle to score 20 points when you look at the Jets, the Titans, and Arizona, and Houston has the Titans twice. Mm. Five of those eight teams don't convert on third downs at a high rate, with the Jets being at the bottom of the league. Six of those eight teams are allowing two and a half sacks per game, 
And Houston has been able to generate three and a half sacks per game in the last four games, where Houston has won three of those games. Houston has forced teams into third and long situations throughout the year. When we look at specifically in the last four games, that's been something that I think has been underrated about Houston, how they've been able to force teams in third and seven or more. And this is how the Texans did in those situations of third and long that didn't lead to either a first down or a touchdown. The Saints, nine third and longs, uh, third and long downs of seven of more yards, of course. The Saints only converted twice. The Panthers, eight third and long downs, only converted three times. The Bucks, 11 third and long downs, only converted five times. And the Bengals, this past Sunday, eight third and long downs, only converted four times or half of the time. You're seeing the foundation of the swarm defense really coming to its own, right? And as much as the talk of the town right now is whether it's national or local has been centered around the Texans offense led by a rookie sensation. And we're going to hmm. call him MVP CJ Stroud. Hmm. The Texans defense will be poised to help set this team up for a playoff run due to how they've been playing. You're getting cornerbacks, you're getting healthier at the cornerback position, right? Derek Stingley is back in action for Houston. In, in terms of TDs, Houston defense does a good job of bending but not breaking in the red zone. So, for an example, teams are able to get down to the red zone on Houston. The red zone scoring attempts per game is 3.6, which ranks Houston 26th in the league out of 32 teams. That's not good, right? However, this is in terms of scoring touchdowns. The red zone scoring percentage is 50%, which ranks Houston 11th in the league. And how important is that? The last game, Houston won by how many? Three points. Three points. The game before that, Houston won by how many? Two points. The game before that, Houston lost by two points. The game before that, Houston won by seven points. So keeping teams out of the reds, out of the end zone, and keeping them for from scoring seven and limiting them to three points, that has really helped out this Houston, Texas defense. So the talk of the town, guys, is CJ Stroud, MVP. We know it, right? Mm -hmm. Bobby Slug, he's going to be gone in a year. No. Uh, it's, 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 it's a conversation. <laughs> but when you look at this team, D'Amico Ryans was brought in to be the foundation, to bring that foundation of that swarm mentality. And what's been the most underrated part of this team? I don't know why we haven't as much as we should here on the show. Haven't heard too much about it and again. The rookie sensation, C.J. Stroud, is controlling the airwaves, and I get mm. it. But historically, the Houston Texans were one of the worst run defenses in the NFL last year, allowing 170 yards. Mm. 150 over the last two years. 150 over the last two years. And teams who have been able to run the ball well against other teams have come into Houston. And the Houston Texans, for the first time in a long time, are now allowing under 100 yards per game, sitting at just under 94 yards, rushing yards per game. So I'm looking at the schedule, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, let's let's take a look. Let's take a look and see how this can pan out for Houston. You got Arizona on Sunday. Hmm. 
That's a winnable game, a very winnable game. Mm-hmm. I think the game that should be flexed, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm. That's at 12. That's going to be a big game for Houston. But has Trevor Lawrence been underwhelming? Yes, he has. Can you create turnovers on Trevor Lawrence? Yes, you can. You can win that game. The Denver Broncos are allowing nearly 30 points per game. Hmm. Hmm, okay. I think that's a dub. The New York Jets, Cody, what you got? Aaron Rodgers be back. <laughs> Psych. Yeah. For, for, for Aaron Rodgers, let's let's say psychedelics. Because hmm. we know that's what he likes to take. Hmm. And in the 80s, it would have been called something else. But Tennessee, Cleveland, Tennessee, Indy. This, those are very winnable games. Houston has to do their mm. job to bring it back to, to win out, right? But looking ahead, I think the formula for Houston to win games, right? If Houston is going to score 30, what did this team do defensively to stop the opposing team from putting up points? And I think that is an underline that we're not necessarily talking about how mm. good this defense has been from either bending and not breaking now, they did have some explosions in the second half, but early on, they're doing a very good job of keeping these teams limited offensively and creating pressure and getting in the quarterback's face and forcing them to make errant throws. That's how they're going to win out. That is how we're going to see the Houston Texans make it to the playoffs. Defense will make some plays. Mm, I agree with everything that you said, but there's one change I want to make. Forget trying to flex that Jacksonville game. The way things are looking. Oh man, December twenty fourth. Is that the is that the determining factor for the draft pick game? Not only that, the Sean second return in Cleveland, December twenty fourth. The old the former franchise quarterback against their current franchise quarterback, and both of those teams. By the time you reach what week sixteen, both of those teams will definitely be playing for playoff positioning. Oh yeah, flex that. Into a Sunday night game. That's the Ooh. only change. Bro, you know how. What? Storylines. <laughs> uh, I think Houston got a real shot. And yeah, they do. This is me saying this a long time ago. I think a best case scenario for this Texans team is in 2023. Guys, can you do me a favor? Sure. At the end of the year, let's circle back. Please have me back on. Would love to. A circle back because, and I'm love. I'm loving that I'm talking to some Titan guys. You guys just got Diop, and at, at first, I'm, I was quick to write off Tannehill, and I think the rest of that quarterback room is atrocious right now. So it's going to be led out by Tannehill, right? This year it will be. Um, but adding Diop, I have to remember what Diop does for average to below average quarterbacks. Sure, and I think that he would at least open up opportunity for other receivers. So I, I just want to say that sure. the best case scenario is a scenario that I've been playing around with since after free agency. And that is this team wins the division. Mm. Mm. Is that, is that, let, let me, let me expand on that. Do you think that that would be more a result of the Texans shocking people or more a result of the team's, expected to be there at the top the jaguars and the texans having jaguars and the titans rather having much more disappointing years than folks are expecting maybe a combination of of the two okay combination of both 
Thank you guys for listening to today's episode of the Locked On Texans podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texans podcast on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter slash X at John underscore Hickman 12. Download the Bleacher Report app. Look me up, John Hickman. Got a big smile with a great suit on. Let's talk sports there as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.